Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host Chris Lifka, and this week uh, we don't have a guest. I decided to kind of do just like I did last last year, where I just do kind of like a mid-year review of how everything's going and how the tournaments have been going and how I've been handling the mindset of things. So uh, yeah, so it's gonna be a little little short episode. Nothing too. Uh, it's not going to be super long like the hour episodes that I've been having. But just wanted to get on here, do a mid-year review, and let's get into it. First things first, we just had the birthday show. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be a part of that. Had some work things going on. But we had the show revealed that we already uh, we've reached the mark of over 1 million views between podcasts, YouTube, and every single channel on there. So just want to give a shout out to Brian and everybody else that's worked hard at this. Obviously, I've only been doing this for a year now with, with uh, Paddle and Finn. I probably contributed uh, a little bit compared to what those guys have contributed in the last four years. So just a huge congratulations and a huge shout out to them. I really appreciate being a part of this family. And uh, I told him that privately. I just want to say on the podcast too. Um, another quick thing that I wanted to do it is July second. Now this episode comes out July third, so uh, happy Fourth of July to everybody. Hope everyone's having a safe and fun weekend, catching a ton of fish. I know I'm gonna try to get out there tomorrow to catch me some fish before all the party boats get out. But hope everyone has a safe and happy Fourth of July. Uh, last episode, I believe that came out was Drew Gregory, where he talked about how he's been on an absolute tear. That was before he even had the two more uh, trail win in uh, Champagne. So, I mean, he's on an absolute tear. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. But uh, let's get into it. Um, so, you started off kind of slow for me. Um, we actually didn't start. Our tournament year till May due to weather and things getting canceled and plans getting canceled. I was supposed to go to the Tennessee trip, didn't go to the Tennessee trip, unfortunately. I heard it was a great time, but personal things get in the way, so we didn't get to that. <clears throat> Next month rolls around, Geneva uh, for the Great Lakes Kayak Fishing Series was supposed to be my first event. Ended up getting canceled due to weather and high, high winds. I think the winds were going to blow 40 to 60 miles an hour on that lake, and anything above 20 is kind of dangerous, especially to be in a kayak. So, yeah, so the first tournament was Geneva, and it was May, oh man, May 21st, I believe it was. Um, went into there. I didn't really have high, high, high expectations. I didn't really know what to expect. 
it was only like my third time being out there, second time in a kayak. Went uh, went up Friday to pre-fish it. There's a ton of bad fish up there. Uh, that Friday, ton of uh, largemouth that I marked on the uh, on the fish finder. <laughs> I'm blanking on the name, sorry guys. So a ton, ton of fish that I marked on the fish finder, and uh, yeah, so. And then I kind of went and looked for a couple offshore areas, offshore deals, just to kind of see if there are some fish out there deeper, maybe in the pre-spawn still or in the post-spawn. I believe water temps the time of year was uh, 55-60 still. Big, giant lake. The water is deep there in certain areas. So... It takes a while for that lake to kind of warm up. As to where in Illinois, we already had our water at 70, to 70 degrees. The fish had already spawned out. And it was kind of post-spawn fishing for us. So COVID to that tournament, being a bed fishing tournament, and very different for me. I'm used to fishing grassy areas with dirty water. And this lake was like crystal clear water. You can see down 10, 15 feet, and uh, very, very different. Now, I'm definitely not used to this kind of fishing. So, <clears throat> going, so having that Friday to practice and seeing that water for the second time ever, the first time was early April. Uh, me and a couple of buddies took a trip up there, but we didn't catch anything. Boat docks weren't even in yet. There was like nothing. It, it's and there was really no fish. We didn't see any fish or anything out there. So they were probably like in that twenty to forty feet range. We weren't really looking out there. Motor didn't work that day <laughs> due to battery issues, not due to motor issues, thankfully. But um, yeah, we went. We uh, I had that Friday. Um, Ryan was out there on the boat, just fun fishing with, with uh, two other guys. And uh, so he, he said he was seeing the same thing I was seeing, where he said most of these fish have moved up to beds, but they weren't really exactly stuck on the beds, per se. And I knew we had a cold front coming in Saturday. So I didn't know how much that was going to uh, affect the fish or affect the bite. Um, that's kind of why I went looking offshore, too was to kind of have a secondary plan, a secondary game plan. And uh, what I needed to learn for that lake in particular, I need to do more like topographic map studies or uh, look at contour lines versus just looking at Google Maps. Because that's kind of all the research that I did for this uh, tournament was looking at Google Maps and trying to figure out areas. But... So uh, come come later that night, you know, I had marked all the fish that I think I needed. Kind of came up with a game plan, got rods ready, uh, stayed at Brian's house, which I want to give him a thank you to him for that. Anytime you can find a place to stay for free, it's, it's awesome, especially in this world where we're not really making a living doing this. So... Any any free place is a really good place to stay, as I always say. And I didn't have to sleep in my car, which is really nice. 
<laughs> um, woke up that morning feeling kind of anxious, excited, uh, fully like ready and prepared to like knock it out of the park. You know, not, not necessarily thinking I had a win in the bag, but I definitely didn't think uh, I was going to not catch him. You know, so we got to the ramp and uh, first, you know, I got to the ramp, one of three people at that boat ramp, which is kind of common for that ramp where I launched out of. I launched out of Fontana ramp, but they don't really have a parking space, so people don't like to park to launch there because you have to kind of park a little far away from where the actual ramp is. But other than that being said, <clears throat> went into that tournament, um, got my stuff all ready, everything all rigged out, turned, you know, turned the nav lights on, turned the inside LEDs on, uh, and then right before about three to five minutes before launch, I go to turn on the 360 light, and the 360 light's not working, and I realize uh, I haven't changed the batteries out since the beginning of last year, and so I kind of had to wait a little while to launch to, uh, at that particular tournament, and I, not not knowing that at the time I had a 45-minute uh, ride, per se, to my first spot that I wanted to fish. The first boat got their own fish. You know, kind of talking with Brian, we both kind of thought, the night before the boat, we both kind of thought that uh, the best thing to do was go to the furthest, farthest dock that I had marked. And we just kind of work my way back to the boat ramp. Because we, we both for sure thought those fish would still be there. So uh, by the time we got to launch, Got to the first boat ramp, um, fish were gone. <laughs> so, uh, you know, always have a plan B because plan A normally never works in fishing. As I'm beginning to learn, you know, especially, you know, the more I go out there and fish and the more I go out there to compete. Plan A is normally never the plan that you stick with. It very rarely is. And, uh, yeah, so... Went out there, got to my first dock, 45-minute boat ride. Obviously, we don't got 250s on the back, so it's quite a haul just to go about two and a half miles, I believe it was. And, uh, yeah, fish weren't fish were on, the, on there like I expected them to be, you know. And uh, what I think happened in that tournament was... After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan, for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. I, uh, I stuck to that pattern way too long versus adjusting. You know, I, I caught in pre-fish, I, caught, I had a few bites, and then I had to catch a 17 and a half going out deeper. And what I should have did in that tournament now, going back to it and thinking about it, I should have just went out deeper and just looked for one bite here, one bite there, because the original idea was completely scratched. And although the the winners of that of that tournament all caught bed fish, they caught them out in that eight to ten foot range or that eight to six foot range, and none of them were right up against stocks. And I just kept fishing docks and fishing docks. So about 11 o'clock, I stopped fishing docks, which is way too long. I went and checked almost every single dock. I'm like, they just have to be here. They have to be here. They have to be here. And they weren't. And they never were going to show up that day. But I was so set on that. That set on that pattern that it actually hurt me. So at 11 o'clock with zero fish, still in the kayak. I mean, unless you want to count rock bass. Zero fish still in the kayak. You know, I kind of started to spin out, and then I finally just went deeper, about 10, 15 foot range. Just started casting, had no luck. Seeing two huge smallmouth sitting right next to a buoy, and I remember seeing, you know, uh, elite series guys saying smallmouth love to hang around buoys, especially in deeper water, especially on clear water lakes. Drop the drop shot down there. They eat it just like they're supposed to. And unfortunately, I lose that, that fish. And without even reeling back up and dropping back down, it hits again. I lose it again. And then for some reason, those fish kind of just disappeared. Or if they didn't disappear, they just didn't eat anymore. I tried different techniques. I threw different things out there. I threw different baits on the drop shot. To see if I could fire them up a different way, um, and nothing, you know. So I just kind of from that for that tournament drifted around, ended up zeroing. But uh, what I learned out of that tournament was, after I was done being really pissed off and mad that I zeroed in the tournament, I did. I stayed on the boat docks way too long. I stayed on a pattern that was not there. I think what happened was because the largemouth are more sensitive than the smallmouth. 
Um, and Smallmouth was what won the tournament. Um, the Larkmouth left the dog since that cold front came in. It dropped about 20 degrees air temp, 5, 6 degrees water temp, if I can remember correctly. You know, we're talking about two months uh, uh, from now that passed. And uh, so I'm thinking those Larkmouth kind of pulled off of that area. And just they weren't eating, but they also weren't spawning. And the I mean I couldn't I couldn't catch anything that tournament. And uh, I should have just adjusted and either took the long forty-five minute ride back, got on the truck, and went to a different boat ramp, or I could have just looked for fish deeper and just tried to catch one, you know, one per hour. And just fill the limit to get points, which some guys did. Some guys just tried to fill the limit to get points, being the first tournament of the year. Uh, luckily for me, uh, we do five bass tournaments, and four of them count for AOI. So that one will not be on the resume <laughs> for this year's AOI. Um, but yeah, just kind of I, I I stayed on the pattern that was not working for too long. And it kind of took me a little while to realize that, but, you know, this is why we do what we do. We, we go out there and we learn things. Um, so, being that that was a clear water lake and kind of a Great Lake, Great Lake-ish feel, I took the kayak. And, and, and uh, I took the kayak to Lake Michigan a few weeks after that to get ready for our next event, which would have been Sturgeon Bay uh, in Wisconsin, of course. <laughs> a beautiful Sturgeon Bay. I, I enamored with, with how it just looks and how it feels like when you're in the town, when you're eating at a restaurant. Everything just feels calm and comfortable and just no stress whatsoever. Those people do not live under stress. And, and you, you can just kind of get that feeling of, all your stress go away when you're there. But uh, I took the, the kayak to Lake Michigan. More importantly to more importantly to um, figure out how how the water feels per se, like the way the waves move, the way, you know, if it's windy, how it's going to feel, how the kayak reacts to it, how I react to it. And it wasn't necessarily catch fish. It was more of get used to the way that water is. Because, as we know, Lake Michigan is a big, big, big place. It can get really, really nasty at any given time. So, I took it there, got used to that, went to the Sturgeon Bay tournament, drove up early Friday morning, and I drove up early Friday morning, woke up about midnight, 1 o'clock, drove all the way up there, got there about 5 a.m., met with a buddy, uh, Raul Gonzalez, who's been on the podcast before. Um, 
his his first year kayak fishing and he guys um an absolute beast at it you know he took a fifth place and a third place in his first two kayak tournaments um this year with great lakes but we went to breakfast with him um then we kind of jumped on our first place we didn't huh? excuse me i had a birthday uh, we found all the all the stuff that smallmouth would love to hang on to. This is smallmouth fishery, you know. It's Lake Michigan, just like uh, like I was saying, and it was an absolute uh, blast to be out there. But more about the creek fishing stuff is, I got to see how this guy kind of how he operates per se. Versus how I would have operated where he doesn't force a place that he launches to have fish. He's okay with moving versus where I would have kind of, I would have stayed out there and kept looking. But instead, I was kind of going off of how, I, w I wanted to see how he operated and versus how I operate when I pre-fishing tournaments. And uh, what we did is kind of what Drew Gregory, you know, talks about and I, when I had him on the podcast, um, how he's kind of shown me how to do a couple of these things is he's like, the fish aren't here. I'm not feeling it. Let's load up. Let's go somewhere else. <clears throat> so we load the kayaks up and neither one of us had a trailer. So it, it takes a bit of time to load the kayaks up. So it's not an easy task. Um, we load the kayaks up, we then go in, there's like a little shop there, we go inside, we look at a map, and we kind of figure out what bays we want to hit, because after all these fishing, they're going to be in bays, they're not going to be way out there, they're, again, because we're going even farther up north, the water takes even longer to warm up, there's another, uh, um, spawn fishing event, you know, uh, so it's sight fishing, fish are going to be on beds, and, uh, so that's what we were looking for, we, so we went all the way up to the farthest point we could possibly go, and what continued on from there was, we didn't even launch the kayaks, we just kind of went off, off the docks, we went, just kind of walk the banks to see if we could just see fish. Not necessarily huge fish that would win a tournament, just see fish that were spawning and areas that they should be at. Instead of constantly launching the kayaks, taking them out, we did that. We hit up that place, hit up the toughest part. Um, when we realized they weren't really there, we went to the next one and then kind of went to the next one and the next one after that, and then we found. Uh, kind of like your A, B, C plans, and then we went, we had lunch, uh, I took a nap, because I'd been up for who knows how many hours at that point, <clears throat> but at that point, we, uh, I took a nap, and then our cabin that we decided to rent out, we decided to rent, 
ended up being on Sturgeon Bay, and we just kind of launched from the beach um, to kind of practice that area, see if they were there. And they ended up being there and spawning too. I, that's what I ended up, I don't know if you guys seen the Instagram photos, but that's what I ended up catching that. Like, had to be close. If it wasn't a 20, it had to be close to a 20. It was definitely four and a half, five pounds smallmouth. And I decided that's the area I wanted to start at in the tournament. So we go back to the cabin and we kind of talk to each other. You know, we were sharing all the ideas and stuff all day. And we were all driving around each other, driving around following each other. So it wasn't like we were keeping things away, which is good to kind of have a team like that, you know, especially in like these bigger water events where you're literally breaking down Lake Michigan. Um, so we get back to the cabin, kind of talk, I tell them, look, I'm going to launch here. I'm going to try to catch these spawn fish in the morning. If something happens where they're not here and in the first hour I'm leaving and I'm going to go somewhere else. And they say, okay, will you stay here and we'll go to a different place and we'll kind of just keep in contact with each other. So fast forward to the morning, I go to my spot, get there super early because it was like five minutes from the launch and uh, I had to wait like 15 minutes just to make the first cast that morning and uh, fish weren't there like they were before and it kind of scared me being that Geneva was the same way. So fish weren't there like they were before and kind of panic mode set in. So I'm like getting straight out the water and just going, which I'm glad I did it. <clears throat> I go down to he, he, so when we, when we were in pre-fishing, we kind of launched out of the beach. He went left, I went right, and we kind of just scanned the area, pretty much. He said he found some spawners on his side in a creek area, but it didn't really look like they were locked down. Well, they ended up being locked down Saturday morning. So my first fish, I lost two fish and caught one in that little creek area. None of them were really big. I was just looking for a limit at that point. They weren't going to win the tournament, that's for sure. So I did that, got what I could there. And then when I came out, I kind of found like a 18 to 20 incher on a bed because by that point, the sun has fully came up and you could see a lot better into the water. And I just couldn't get it to go. So, but by the time I uh, figured that out, I had already spent a half an hour to an hour on her. I can't really remember how long I actually spent on it. But I just decided this is not the area to be. Even if I got that fish to go, where's my next fish coming from? And, you know, two fish in the live well aren't going to do anything, even if I do catch that big one. So I took off. Loaded, loaded up about 9 o'clock, 9, 10 o'clock. I want to say about 9 o'clock. 
um, got to the next launch ramp where he had said he had went to, and there was, he said he went to uh, the next launch ramp, I can't remember the name of it, and it was kind of already the one that I was eyeing on, planning on going to, 20 minutes from where I currently was, um, and it took me to, till about, I want to say 10, 10.30, could possibly 11, and this, this tournament only went to 1.30, so it was 10, 10, 10, between 10 and 11, let us say that, uh, to find a parking spot and launch, and, and this is the great thing about the kayak, is there was technically no ramp, it was public launching and a public access place. But there was no boat ramp. It was more of a, it was a more of dock your boat, get out, get snacks kind of place, get back in it for like people who had boats and motors and stuff. And truth be told, I just broke my kayak down. I launched it right off the side and watched it float, and then kind of as it, and then I tied it to uh, one of the docks, and then I loaded. The motor, the battery, um, the drop shot rod, and I think one other. I know I had all four rods just because I had it, had it tied down to the kayak. I only loaded two tackle boxes on there. I loaded my terminal tackle, so if I need hooks or anything, um, I brought my line, my eight eight pound Tesla floral clear line, and and a drop shot baits, basically. And just took off because I knew the type of tournament it was. I knew what I needed to do to, to have those fish uh, react to things. It wasn't going to be a reaction bait deal. I didn't have to bring the whole the whole package deal to catch these fish. I already knew what I needed to do. Got out there, seen a few fish, couldn't really get them to go. It, got, it was really windy at the time. Um, finally got all the way to where Raul was. And luckily for me, he had what I call the magic magic trick of it. I don't even necessarily think it was the the bait, um, but it was the color. It was a bright chartreuse color. Uh, it was a, a like six five to seven inch uh, worm floating worm that we just cut down to like two three inches, two and a half inches, I think. And just put it at the end of the worm didn't do anything. It was just the fact that it was chartreuse that these fish were getting pissed off by and just crushing it. And the, the struggles I had in that tournament were staying in place. If you could stay in place in these long enough, these fish would eat it automatically. It was kind of easy to catch the fish and easy to see the fish. It was, the struggle in that tournament was staying in place. And uh, I didn't have an anchor, which I should have. And I don't have spotlight on, on the kayak. I run a, a back motor. Obviously, doesn't have spotlight on that. So I ended up catching two more and losing one more in that tournament. So I definitely had the bites and the strategy to fill a limit in that tournament. I just didn't have a way to control the kayak, or at least I didn't learn 
way to control the kayak in that tournament. So I ended up only catching three fish that tournament, 49 inches, which got me 19th place out of 27 anglers. But more importantly, it got me angler of the year points. And that was kind of a blessing. Um, and just, you know, a blessing to still have those points and leave those two tournaments, which is very tough tournaments for me, and ended up being um, very, very uh, high learning experiences and got me to thinking that I need to fish this clear water a lot, lot more than I normally do. And instead of just always fishing dirty water, largemouth fishing, I need to get onto these clear water. Uh, Lake Smalden, number one, the the funnest fish ever to catch. They fight forever. They they pull drag like crazy. The the one I caught in pre-fish, uh, damn near bent out the, sp the spinnerbait straight. The whole shaft, not just the, not the hook, but the the whole spinnerbait shaft straight. Um, when I was reeling them in, and like I was joking with the guys, I said, uh, I didn't pull that fish in, that fish pulled me in with my kayak. And um, yeah, so what I learned there is I kind of need a systems to learn kind of bed fishing. You know, I never really did bed fishing up until this tournament, and I need to learn clear water, smallmouth, and I need to learn bed fishing. And um, yeah, um, other than that, guys, geez, we've been at this for 30 minutes. I didn't even think this was going to be a 20 minute podcast. But uh, in the future, we already have some guests lined up. And I just, once again, I just want to say congrats on the 1 million views to all the other hosts and Brian Schiller. And uh, have a happy and safe 4th of July, everybody. I will see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddle and fin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures, your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.